Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Isn't that good? We could just stop there. That'd be church right there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or I shall not lack anything. He makes me, verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. You know, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our minds, our will, and our, and our mind and our emotions particularly just get tired sometimes, don't they? They, get, uh, they get, feel like they get overused sometimes. You ever feel that way? I know you do. So uh, he says, he restores my soul. I like that. Ever been hurt by somebody? Boy, that's, that's rough. You know, we, we've all been there. He restores my soul. Restores it to what? The way he wanted it to be in the first place. He touches things, heals things, mends things, put things back together. That's what he does. Back to verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. And look at this. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, I, uh, I, 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 I hate to admit this, but I, I, I will admit this anyway. Uh, I, was, I was driving down I-80 heading east one day. I was about, oh, probably 50 miles east of Omaha. And uh, I, I got too warm in the car. And I was, I was wearing a hoodie. And I thought, this was a long time ago, by the way, so like 30 years ago. So I was younger then and not as smart as I am now, I, I hope. <laughs> Um, and, and I was warm, and I thought to myself, you know, I will pull this hoodie off. Well, the hoodie was, my cousin had given me a hoodie. He'd outgrown them. He was a big weightlifter guy, and he'd outgrown them. And, and, and I had forgotten that the neck on this hoodie was really, really, really tight, like really abnormally tight. And I, he must have a smaller neck than me or a smaller head than me or something. But anyway, I, I'm driving, and I thought, you know, I don't need to stop and pull this hoodie off, I can just pull it off while I'm driving. Now, none of you ever do this, okay? Do not try this in your own personal car, okay? So I pulled, you know, I got my, I'm, you know, doing this in the car and, and trying to get the, the hoodie off, and, and I pulled it off far enough that now I'm ready. I thought, okay, now I'm ready. I'm just going to jerk it over the top of my head, and I will be fine, and it got stuck, and... I can see nothing. And, and, and I'm like, you know, your brain does really crazy things when you are in an absolute panic. And, and I'm like, I probably better hold onto the steering wheel. So, so I grab the steering wheel, and I'm like, well, I have no idea what straight is. So now I'm... I'm I got one hand on the wheel, and I'm sure it's doing this, you know? And, and I've got one hand on my sweatshirt, and I'm like trying to get it off my head. Obviously, I did not die. I did finally get it off my head, but you know, you, you walk out of this and you feel incredibly stupid. So, so the, see, y'all can feel better about yourselves. You're all smarter than I am, see? And, and then you're like, why is the stupid guy up front with the microphone? I don't know, but, but maybe the Lord will show you something. I don't know, but anyway. But, but see, see, the point is, is without being able to see and without knowing what we're supposed to know, you know, you, you are in trouble. And you know what? In this life, 
we need a guide. You know, well, you know, well, I don't need God. That's just a crutch. Yeah, I need a crutch. Hello, I need help. I need a guide. You know, how are you going to find out what you're supposed to do? How are you going to meet the person you're supposed to marry? How are you going to do anything? You're just out there fumbling around in the dark. That's what the Bible says. If you're not saved, you don't know Jesus, you're fumbling around in the dark and blind. I have an uncle who's blind, and, uh, and my, my, uh, my other uncle, his brother, decided, well, my uncle that was blind always wanted to do everything everybody else does. He's like, I want to drive. It's like, oh, no, <laughs> no. Not a good idea, but my, my younger, his younger brother thought, you know, that could be fun. What if we put him on the lawn tractor and I'll stand on the back and tell him what to do. That went about just like you're picturing, okay? He's, and the, the tractor's going all over the place. And my uncle's like, no, left, left, left. But I'm not sure my blind uncle understood left and right all that well. And it was, okay, it was funny. It was funny, but, but, but. See, we need a guide. We need somebody to lead us. We need somebody to show us what to do, where to go, how to go. I, I, I was, uh, you can turn over to, turn over to John chapter 16. Um, I was listening to one of my favorite ministers uh, online uh, not so long ago, and, and he, he made a sideways comment that I didn't like. And, and so I thought, I was talking to my wife, and she's like, well, I don't think he meant what you're thinking he meant. I'm like, I'm sure he didn't mean what I'm thinking he meant, but he still said it. I don't like what he said, but here's what he said. He said that he, he, he just made kind of a sideways comment about people who say God talks to them. Well, okay, I understand that there are, you know, there are nutty people out there who go around saying God told them this and God told them that. And I mean, I, I knew somebody who, you know, they change churches about every few months and well, God told me to go to this church and God told me to go to that. No, no, you know, God's not flaky, right? You know that, right? He's not flaky. He doesn't do that. And, and then, you know, Paul addressed it in one of his letters, you know, people who are always talking about the visions they've seen and, and all these things. Okay. But, but Paul, then he balanced it. Okay. So we got flaky on one side. And on the other side, he, Paul said, don't despise prophecy. Why did he say that? Well, because of those people. Now, see, I, I, years ago, I was in a, in a you know, they, they called different things camps. You guys, you know, we're word of faith camp, whatever that means. There's prophecy camp. I was in a prophecy camp church years and years ago. And, and I saw the good and the bad and the ugly, okay? But I saw the real thing. Wow, I saw the real thing. And, and, I, and I saw things that were excessive. And I saw things that were out of balance. And I saw things that were, <clears throat> I hate to use this word, but I'm going to say it anyway. I saw things that were manipulative, okay? But, but here, here's the deal. We don't, we don't, just because there's crazy out there doesn't mean there's not the real thing. And, and see, all, there's not a person in this room that, that loves God, that doesn't want to follow him, that doesn't want to know him, doesn't want to know what he wants them to know and do what he wants them to do and, and fulfill the reason that we're on this planet. I mean, there's not a person in this room that doesn't feel that way. So the secret is, 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 is finding out what God wants. 
you know, we don't just make a blanket statement and make fun of people who, who say God talks to them. Why don't we do that? Well, are you in John 16? Verse 7, we'll start there, then we're going to skip. This is Jesus talking right before he, he went back to hell, right before he died, actually. And, and he said, but I tell you the truth, verse 7, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, meaning the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Look at your neighbor and say, he sent him to you. Verse 12, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. You see that word right before the, you see that? Look at that. He will guide you into all, hello. See, he, he wants to lead you more than you want to be led. He is just waiting to show you some things. And we're going to find out in a minute why we don't always get it. But hang on. He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, read it, he will speak. Do you see that? He will speak. So we're not going to just make blanket statements about people who say God talks to them because right there, Jesus himself said he will speak. Do you see that? You're not missing that, right? That's very important that you don't miss that. He will speak, and look, at, and after that it says, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, and he will take of mine, and will disclose it to you. Do you see that? See, he, he wants to talk to you, but what we have to understand is how it is he's going to talk to us, okay? I, uh, last week, the children were learning about the Tower of Babel, and I, I thought about having uh, Philip Martinez, you guys know Philip, guitar guy up here, Philip right there. Yeah, uh, you know, he, he speaks Spanish. I thought about having him go down there and, and speak to the kids because now we do have several kids down there who speak Spanish, but most of them don't speak enough Spanish to understand Philip. But, but see, the, th the thing is, is that the Holy Spirit is speaking. He's ever speaking to you. But unless you know how to get a hold of what he's saying, you're not going to be successful at listening. Okay, so just bear with me here. We'll get there. All right, but, but, but hang on. You know, we, it, so, so, so we're, we're in this kind of, you know, I, at least me growing up and listening to people talk and, and me, you know, trying to make sense of everything. You know, you, you see the people who are kind of flaky and say God talks to them all the time and they have dreams and visions constantly. And those things are real, but they're not constant. You understand that? And, and then on the other hand, I hear people say, well, God never talks to me. You know, like, you know, as I remember growing up thinking, he doesn't? But, but, and, then, and then when he does talk to you, when you're not 100% sure if it was God or not, and, and then you're like, okay, how do, I'm in this quandary and I don't know what to do with myself and I don't know how to figure this out. So, so once we take all that into account, you know, we're, we're like, okay, God, how do we do this? Lauren Cunningham, who founded Youth with a Mission, YWAM, he, he wrote a book called, Is That Really You, God? Because, because he was doing the same thing we're doing. We're trying to figure out how to follow God. And it's like, uh, I think that was God. I'm not 100% sure that was God. Uh, wow, how do I know? Uh, I'm when I was a Ramus student, Brother Hagen, who, who was one of my instructors, 
He's gone to home to be with the Lord now. But, but, you know, he had this amazing relationship with God. He'd had real visions, real encounters with the Lord, things, you know, that, that in the prophet's ministry, you would have those things. It was kind of amazing to, to listen to him speak. It was kind of, wow, this guy's amazing to listen to. But, but one day he said this in class. He goes, he goes yeah, the Lord told me to, to, to do something with my finances, but I wasn't sure if it was the Lord or not, so I didn't do it. And I, and I thought to myself, well, if he doesn't know, <laughs> what hope do I have of ever figuring this out? And, and, and so, so that, that didn't help me, you understand, in trying to, to, trying to figure things out. That didn't, that didn't help me. But, but let's see. Back, turn, turn back a couple pages to uh, John chapter 14 in that sea of red ink that if, if your Bible's like mine and all of Jesus' words are in red, it's back a couple pages. Uh, again here, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's telling the disciples he's leaving them because he was going to die, he was going to come back to life, then he was going to go, you know, a few days, a few weeks later, he was going to go back to heaven. He was telling them how this was going to be, and, uh, you know, here, here, you know, it, put yourself in the disciples' shoes, Okay. Jesus just said he's leaving him. So they've been following him around for three years. They really haven't had to make any decisions much. They haven't really had to think much. They've just been doing whatever he said and going wherever he went. And they didn't have to make a lot of decisions. They didn't have to do a lot of anything. They just followed Jesus around. Now Jesus says, I'm leaving you. And, 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 and you can imagine the disciples going, what are we going to do without him? <laughs> I would have done that if I was there. So, John 14, verse 16, Jesus said this to him. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you. How long? You see that when God, when you got born again and the Holy Spirit came to reside in you, it's forever. He's not going anywhere. Not even after you go to heaven, he's still with you. It says forever. Do you see that? Forever. He's with you. All right. He's going to be your forever guide. That's good. It's good news. Verse 17, that is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and future, he will be in you. He's in us. Back then he was just with them. He wasn't in them, but now he's in us. Jesus made a way for that by dying on the cross. Verse 18, look at this. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Why did he say that? Because they were feeling like orphans. So he's like, Jesus, you're going to leave. What are we going to do without you? We're going to be alone. Our guide, our helper, our leader, he's gone. See? Okay. Verse, uh, verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him or her and make our abode with him or her. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, while living with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all I said to you. I can't tell you how often I see this happen. Because after I speak, and Pastor Tony says the same thing, that, that after we speak, 
somebody will come up to us and I loved how you said da 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 and you think to yourself, didn't say that. But, but see, God's talking to you. He's the teacher. And what you're getting from what I say, maybe what I say and it may be what he says. I'm telling you, I'm not making this up. If you knew how often people say that to me, you would laugh because they come up and say, hey, I loved when you said, and I didn't say that. But, but, but the, the thing is, is that he loves you as an individual. He's inside of you as an individual. It's not just a corporate thing. He's talking to you. He's working with you. You know, the, the word says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling because it is God at work in you. He's at work in you. Yeah, but I don't feel him and I don't see him. Well, no, because you don't know how to look for him. But he's there and he's working and he's doing and he's helping you and he's strengthening you. Well, I don't see that. Yeah, but he's still doing it. doesn't matter whether you see it or not. He's still doing it. John chapter 10. You know, when, when God's at work in you and he's, he's strengthening you by his word and helping your thinking to get straightened out. You know, when, when you're born again, you're a new creation in Christ. Your spirit man is made 100% new. That's where he dwells. But, but your mind, your will and emotions, they need help. You know that. You know, I mean, when somebody gets saved, their mind, will, will, and emotions are just the same as they were before they got saved. Nothing has changed at first. But God will start working and he'll start straightening things out. You know, I, I don't know about you, but, but when I was younger, I'd try to tell God what he needed to work on in my life. And he'd be working on something. And I knew he was working. He only works on one thing at a time. I knew what he's working on. I'm like, Lord, that's not important. What I need you to work on is this. I couldn't tell you the probably hundreds of times that I said that to him. And, and, and see, he's smarter than we are, though, and he knows what he needs to work on because as he works on things, he, he knows what's underneath it all. Do you understand that? He knows the foundation of a problem, of a stronghold, of whatever it is he's trying to deal with in our lives, what, what makes us unstable emotionally and all those things. And, 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 and I did say us, uh, you know, what makes us unstable emotionally. He knows all those things, so he knows how to work on that foundation of that problem and tear it out and fix it so that we're stable. Then he knows, then he can work on those other things that we think he should work on. But, but, but John chapter 10, are you there? Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You see that? Keep going. Verse 28. And I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one, I love this, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Another translation says no one can snatch them out of my hand. You see, once God's got you, he's got you, and, and, and he's helping you. Yeah, well, I'm not always cooperative. Right, neither am I. But you know what? But, but, but he's still got you, and nobody can take, him, take you out of his hand. And, and he said, now, I, I, I think this is interesting. Back to verse 27. Um, my sheep hear my voice. <laughs> and then he says, and I know them. See, see, he knows Ron perfectly. You don't know Ron perfectly. 
Sally's married to Ron. She doesn't know Ron perfectly, but God knows Ron perfectly. So Ron, he says, Ron, here's my voice. And Ron may say, I, I'm just using you as an example. You don't mind, do you, Ron? He, you, Ron may say, well, I didn't hear his voice. Yeah, you did. You just didn't recognize what it was. That's okay, though. Ron heard the voice, but Jesus said, I know him. And he's following me. See, Ron is following him. But, but he's like, yeah, but that hearing thing, that's, that's a little weird. No, no. See, you are following him. But people say, well, I never hear. I never hear him. I had somebody come and tell me that one day, not so long ago. He never talks to me. <laughs> well, how did you get saved? Well, what does that have to do with it? Well, let's think about that for a minute. Yeah, it does have something to do with it. How did you get saved? Well, I, I became aware of my need for God. Well, how did that happen? I have no idea. Well, I heard a preacher, right. But, but, but see, he's the teacher. He's the one who's talking. That's what he does. He woos people. And, and I mean, uh, Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. See, see, you found out about the love of God. You found out about Jesus. You found out about what he did for you. And something inside of you was calling out to that going, yeah, I need that. Well, see, that is the beginning of you hearing him. And that's how he talks to us. Yeah, but that was just like a feeling, kind of exactly, not exactly a feeling. It was just this sense that I had. Right, but you, did you have that sense before? No, I just suddenly had this sense that I needed God and I needed to get saved. And I wanted to, when they asked if anybody wanted to receive Jesus, I ran up there or I talked to the TV you know, and, and prayed with the guy on the TV or whatever you did, you know, or maybe, you know, I heard of a lady, she just was reading the Bible and she said, I just called out to the Lord, laying there in bed. Okay, well, it doesn't matter how you call out to him. Jesus says, as many as have received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. So as you call out to him, as you receive him into your life, and that's a step, it doesn't just happen automatically, you know, uh, you know, some my mother years ago, my mother loves to share Jesus with people. My mother asked uh, the pastor's daughter at the church we were going to at the time, and she wasn't very old, you understand. Not She wasn't a little kid. She was more grown up than that. But, uh, but my mother asked her, you know, how old she was when she received Jesus, and she goes, well, my dad's the pastor. That's, in case you didn't know, that's the wrong answer, okay? <laughs> That's not the right answer, okay? Because, because our salvation is an individual decision that we receive him into our lives, okay? It isn't something, well, you can't ride on, you know, somebody else's coattails. Well, my mother was a good Christian, my, and that's good. Great example. Doesn't get you anywhere, but it, it, it gets you in a place maybe where you can, you can uh, receive Jesus. You know, Jake, uh, you know, didn't get saved because... His mother is saved. You understand that? You understand that? He had to make a decision himself because that won't do it. But, but when you call out to God on your own and receive him, that's the beginning. And that's your first time when you've heard him talk. Now, most people, they say, well, yeah, but I've known this for a long time. God was working in there. Right. He's been working in there. That's what he does. But, but, but I never hear from him. Yeah, you do because you sense that so so a lot of hearing from God isn't have doesn't have anything to do with words and we're going to talk about that in a minute but but it has to do with an inside an inward 
knowing, an inward knowing. Now, sometimes we call that conscience. Sometimes we call that uh, an intuition. Sometimes we call that a variety of things. But, but, but it all is the same thing because it's our spirit man responding to God. And if you're born again, it's your born again spirit man, which is a, a faithful guide, a trustworthy guide. Now, your head may not be a good guide, but, but right down here is a good guide. When, when I left Rama, when I left being on staff at Rama, um, I got a call from a missionary, uh, a missionary in Africa, someone I knew, and, uh, and he said, we're doing a new work in a different country in Africa, and, and we would like to hire you to come and, and work with us. I was like, well, that sounds really interesting. I would really love to do mission work. That would be fun. I thought that would be great. So I started heading in that direction. And every step in that direction, I was more miserable. Anybody relate to what I'm saying? See, this is, how, and then you're like, okay, but I never hear from God. Yeah, you did. You're hearing from God right there. Because, because, because every step into God's will is full of peace. And every step out of his will, there's less and less peace in your life. I'm telling you, I don't feel peace about this. Well, so I finally, I actually, I finally got so miserable, I called him. I said, you know what? Uh, we've been working on this for a couple months. Uh, and, you know, me figuring out how to head that direction. I don't have any peace about this. I, I just cannot do this. So I told him, no. Well, as it turned out, here, this will shock you. The, the, the whole plan that they had to move into this other country and do work over there completely fell apart. The... The, the government of that country made it so difficult for them to work there or to even try to set up working there that they had to scratch the whole thing. It was going to take two or three years to figure out how to even set it up, much less try to get somebody in there. And it completely fell apart. So God's not going to let me just walk into a mess. You see that? You're not going to do that. Now, if I had overridden that, and I could have, and I had headed that direction, bought my plane ticket, and started the work, and then I would have gotten there and found out that it wasn't possible to do, and then I'd be like, God, why did you do this to me? Why am I over? See, this is how we live. And, and see, he tried to stop me. He, tried to, he was trying to stop me, but if I had overridden it, then I would have just been frustrated. You see that? But, but see, that's how he is. He wants, you know, John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Yeah, but I don't always do a good job following him. Okay, well, that's why we're talking today, all right? You know, a person who's not born again, who has not received Jesus in their life, should not expect God to lead them. I was a guy one day, I was talking to him, and he's like, well, I want God to lead me like that. And I'm like, well, you're going to have to get saved, because he's not going to lead you like that. Until you're saved. Now, he will lead you to Jesus. That's what he will do until you're saved. He will keep trying to lead you to Jesus. All right? As we learn to hear him, he's so faithful to lead us. And as we practice listening, becoming spirit conscious, see, see what happens is, is, is our... We're very body conscious, aren't we? Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was grilling the other day, and, and the wire brush must have kicked off one of the wires and must have broken off, and it landed on the, on the concrete, 
And, and when I went out to clean the grill after it cooled off a little bit, um, I, was, I was wearing my socks. Yes, I shouldn't do that, I'm sure. And, and I stepped into the wire, which, of course, went into my foot. It's a very, 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 very tiny wire. But my body, from head to toe, was very aware <laughs> of this wire that was stuck in the bottom of my foot. So I hobbled and hopped into the house and took off my sock and found the wire and got it out and, and then put some shoes on and went out and finished <laughs> the job. But, but my point is, is that we're very, very body conscious because, because we live in this earthly body and, and, and if it hurts anywhere, we're aware of it. And, and if it's cooperating and doing what it's supposed to do, we're aware of that. But, but, you know, we're very body conscious. We're also very soul conscious. Our mind, our, our mind, our will, and our emotions, we're very aware when, you know, somebody cuts us off in traffic or somebody snubs us at work or doesn't say nice things to us or they're whatever or somebody makes us really, really, really happy. You know, when I met my wife, I was really, really happy. I was like, who is that young, beautiful woman who probably won't want anything to do with me? But... Um, <laughs> But I was wrong. But 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 when you know we're we're emotional people, and if we just live that way and don't become spirit conscious, we're unstable emotional people, which is not a good way to live. Okay, it's also you know people say you know we're a three part being: body, soul, and spirit. You know that the the Bible says it's spirit, soul, and body. Why do we say it backwards? Because that's what we're conscious of. We, listen, just listen. You'll hear people do it all the time. They say it wrong. And the Bible says spirit, soul, body, but all these Christians you, you're around, they're saying body, soul, and spirit. Why? Because I'm telling you, because we're body and soul conscious, all right? But we're, we're not spirit conscious like God wants us to be. But, but as we learn how to, to uh, hear him, it's awesome. You remember the Jesus in John 4? He talked to the woman at the well, and, and, and he says, God is a spirit right? And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We worship God out of our spirit, man, all right? We worship God out of our spirit, man. Why do I keep pointing here? Because our spirit is here. One time, uh, Brother Hagen uh, laid his hand on me, and I, okay, I'm not that touchy-feely guy. I'm not that guy who, ooh, I feel. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. You know, I, I'd, I'd watch, you know, I have fallen, like, under the power when people have laid hands on me, but I rarely do. And, and, and I used to just fall because, you know, they kept pushing, and, and I thought, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give, give up. I'm just going down because this is stupid. But then I got hard-headed, and I put my foot back. I was like, watch me. Watch me up here. And, like, unless God, now, I will say, uh, the first time it happened to me, uh, uh, Rodney Howard Brown laid hands on me. And the next thing, I, I just crumpled on the floor like an like a old shirt. I, I, was, I just laid there and laughed. I thought it was the funniest thing that ever happened to me because I, I may have had my foot back, but I'll tell you what. I, I, there was no gently falling backwards. No, I just... Anyway, Brother Hagen laid his hand on me like this one day. And I physically felt it go in and down. I was like, 
That's weird. <laughs> but our spirit man's right here. It's somehow, it, don't ask me, you know, the Bible calls it our heart, but it's here somehow. I don't understand it, but I'm telling you, but, but I'm telling you, it's real. You know, I was like, <laughs> I thought, well, whatever it was, I received it. See, God is a spirit. We're made in his image. He's not a physical body. He's not just some mind. Have you ever heard people say that? He's this great mind in the sky. No, no, no. He's a spirit. He made us in his image. We are a spirit. And, and so, so as we grow in him, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. As we grow in him and as we, we follow him, we become, if we allow it, we become more spirit conscious. It's a sign of a mature believer that they're more and more and more spirit conscious because, because they're learning to pay attention to whatever it is God is saying to them, but he's not going to talk to your head. See, that's what we want. He's not going to speak in words that are out loud. Now, once in a while, we probably won't get there today, but, but he'll talk in a way that sounds like he's speaking out loud, but, but it isn't out loud because nobody else in the room heard it. So, so but, he, but he doesn't talk to our heads. He doesn't talk out of a physical body. He speaks to our spirit. We're going to get to that. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, start with verse 9. But as it is written, things which eye has not seen nor ear heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. Do you see that? Where is the Holy Spirit? In you. And the, the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. It's God's Spirit. So you understand that. So the, the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit. It knows all about what he's thinking and doing. All right? He knows all about that. And, and then he comes to live in you, and he brings everything he knew with him. And he lives inside of you. Well, why don't I know more? Well, because you don't know how to listen. But, but you can train yourself to listen. You can practice listening. But it takes time. Don't, don't beat yourself up. Just, just work with it. Figure it out. You'll see. Anyway, so where are we at? Verse 10. For to us God revealed them through his spirit. The, the spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Nobody knows what you're thinking but you. Aren't you glad? Sometimes, yeah. Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now look at this, verse 12. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. You see that? Now God's wanting to show you everything, he, everything you need. He's not going to show you everything he knows. You understand that. You don't need to know everything he knows. But he's going to show you everything you need to know. He's going to show you every, every answer to every problem he knows. He's right here inside of you. If you've received him, he's right there, and he's ready to help you. Yeah, but I don't hear him. Well, you've got to learn to hear him. Look at the next, uh, it's not the next verse, but look down at verse 14. But the natural man, so our own head, 
does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because, look at that, because they are spiritually appraised, or they are discerned in the spirit man. They're not discerned in our head. That's why we think we don't hear him. It's because we're looking for something here when it's right here. Well, all I have is an impression. Exactly, and that's where you start. I have this impression that I need God. I'm going to receive him. I have this impression I should pray, so I'm going to pray. All right? The other day, <clears throat> we, we have some things. We have some storage units. And, and I mean, this is trivial, except, except as you learn to follow them, it gets less and less trivial and becomes more and more important because you're starting to pay attention right here. So, so, so we have a storage unit, and we needed to rent a truck to get some things from the church to storage and from the storage to church and pick up some things in a, at a store and, and do these things. And I picked up the phone to, to call the rental car company to reserve the truck. And right here, no. Like, okay. I thought, well, another day then. Click. Phone back on the receiver. Why was that? No idea. No clue why, but I've overridden enough of those, and then things don't work out, or something doesn't happen, or people have said, oh, and I had a car accident. Uh, um, I, I knew a, a, a Rhema evangelist who was getting on a plane, and the Lord said, no, she didn't. The plane crashed. I'm not making this up. See, is it a life or death situation? Probably not. Could it be a life or death situation? Yes, it could be. That's why it's really, really important to learn how to pay attention down here. You know, if I gave you a box and I told you there was money in it, and you had the box, all right? I don't have a box. Here, here's a pretend box. It's a, a basket. All right, I'm going to give uh, B a box. B, this is for you. And, and I told B that the box was full of money, and whenever she needed money, if she didn't have enough money, she could open up the box and get the money out, and then she would have enough money. Now, B could look in her closet. She could look in her car. She could look in the sock drawer of the oven. The microwave, don't ever store things in your microwave or your oven, really. It's a bad idea. You could look in the garage all day. You could look anywhere and everywhere, but unless you just looked in that box, you're not going to get the money, okay? We can look in our head all day long. You can go read 17 books on how to find out what the will of God is for your life. You can, and I'm not saying you shouldn't read those books. I'm just saying you're not going to find the answers you need until you start looking in your spirit, man, all right, because, because that's where... That's where the answers are, because that's where the Spirit is. He's not, he's not in the oven. <laughs> All right? He, he, he's not anywhere but here. So, so we, we look in all the wrong places. We go and ask 17 people we know what they think we should do, and we, uh, we, uh, we get the prayer chain praying because we need an answer, and, and all the time, all that while, the answer is right inside of you. Well, how do I get to the answer? Uh, you don't have to look this up, but, but you know, verse uh, 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. The treasure is the Holy Spirit. The earthen vessel is our body. He lives inside of here. That treasure chest, with, it doesn't have money in it, but it has all the answers of anything we could ever need, is right inside of us. And we just have to learn how to hear from him and how to, how to connect with him in, in better ways. You know, Colossians 2 
the end of verse 1 says, Christ himself, verse 2, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. How many of you ever need wisdom? Knowledge, anyone? Yeah, all of us. We all need to hear from him. We all need help to, to get a hold of him and to learn things. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 20. looking at that clock back there going, is that the right time? <laughs> Had to make sure. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27 says this. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. The spirit of man is the lamp, the light of the Lord. The light of the Lord is in your spirit. All right, in darkness, you can't see where you're going. If there's light, you can figure out where you're going. You know what you're supposed to do. <clears throat> I may have told you this uh, recently. Um, I, when I, I was applying for Bible college, uh, the Lord, he, you know, he, uh, life is a walk of faith. He's not going to tell you, uh, you know, he's not going to tell you every little detail about what you're supposed to do. All right. He, he, he told me I was on a plane. It was 1988. In January, I was flying from, uh, from the state of Oregon, Portland specifically, to Omaha. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to go to Bible college. Did you notice anything missing in that sentence? Yeah, which one? So I started researching Bible schools, and, and the only one that I got any peace about was Ramah. And I, I think I told you this. I'd met a couple of people from Ramah. I didn't like them, and I didn't want to go there. I wasn't going to go there. But, but the Lord wouldn't let up on me. So, so I'm heading in the wrong direction, no peace, feeling worse and worse. Heading in the right direction, it was the right thing to do. You just know it's the right thing to do. I don't know how you know that. You just know, okay, because it's right here, right? It's right in your spirit, man. And, um, you know, in John chapter 1, you don't have to turn there, but, but John wrote this. He said, the light shines in the darkness. And, and then he said at first, he goes, and the darkness did not comprehend it. But then he said, he said, there was the true light, Jesus, coming into the world that enlightens every man. Enlightens every man. See, see, yeah, but he doesn't talk to me. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> okay. Yes, I have to, if we're going to take a vote here, okay, see, do I believe God or do I believe my feelings that God never talks to me? No, see, see, it says he enlightens every man. Where is that light? It's in your spirit, according to Proverbs chapter 20. First John, Hang with me here for a minute. We're gonna we're, we're gonna wind down here in a few minutes, but just hang with me for a few minutes. First uh, John chapter one. If you want to turn there, that would be a good thing. First John chapter one verse five says this. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Verse 7, look at this. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Do you see that? Do you see that? If we walk in the light, what light? The light we have. Where's that light? In our spirit. So 
he, he's not telling you you should know everything. He's telling you to take what you do know and, and walk in that, okay? Yeah, but I don't know much. Good, start there. That's a good place to start. You got saved yesterday. Then, then you still know that sense inside that you need him and you received him. And now that's where you start. You start paying attention there. Walk in the light. The light's in your spirit, according to Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. You know, we, we, we hear that, boy, that verse, I think Leanne read it Wednesday night. Um, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and him with me. That fellowship, that happens through our spirit man to, to him. He's not a mind. We don't connect on the brainish level, the intellectual level. We could never do that. We could never keep up. He's not a physical body. We don't connect to him on a physical level. We connect to him on a spiritual level. This is why people miss it. This is why they don't know for sure if it's God or not. All right? But, but turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Walk in the light that you have. That's what you start with. Well, I don't know much. Fine, that's fine. You still know more than a person who doesn't know Jesus, all right? So if there's somebody who doesn't know Jesus, you're perfectly capable of talking to them because you know more than they do. You ever talk to somebody who thought they knew more about something that you know more about them, you know more about than they do, and they're telling you about it, and you're standing there? I usually get real quiet when they want to tell me all about something that, 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 that I know about. Are you in 2 Corinthians chapter 2? So we're just going to read the first start of this verse. But thanks be to God. What does it say? Sorry, verse 14. There it is. So, so just stop after like eight or nine words. Do you see that? But thanks, look at that. But thanks be to God who always leads us. Just stop there. We always keep going. And then it gets muddled in our head. Did you see that? Do you see that? He is always going to lead you. He is always going to lead you. Do you see that? Do you think he lied? Do you think he didn't mean what he said? No. No. See, see, and, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip a little bit here and, and just talk to you a little bit about, about me because you don't want me talking about you. I already knew that, so, so I'm not going to. But, but you know, when, when we learn to follow him as start... We start paying attention to him. Um, there, there, I'll get out my heart. Uh, some of you have seen this before. I have, a, I have a piece of cardboard here that has sandpaper on one side and fuzzy, velvety soft on the other side. Do you see that? Okay, so when we start following him, that inward witness, that sense that we have inside, I start going in the wrong direction, and my heart's just going to start scratching on me. Somebody said, yeah, when you start going in the wrong direction, it's like taking a shower with your socks on. Something feels really wrong. <laughs> it's not really a feeling. It's just this inner sense. And, and I'm telling you, because your spirit man knows things your head doesn't know. Because the Holy Spirit lives there, and he knows everything. So, so when you're starting to move in a certain direction, if it's the right thing, it's, it's like right. You know it's right. Okay? When it's wrong, you know it's wrong because it just starts scratching at you and it just doesn't feel right.
I, I mean, and, 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 and it can be little tiny nothing things that you're like, God, why do you even care about that? All the way to life and death situations. I, I, I'll tell you the truth. I, I had met more than one woman before I met my wife. You understand that in my life. There was there half the population of everywhere you go, <laughs> roughly, is female. Do you understand that, right? And, and I had met several women before I met her, and every single one, and one time the Lord spoke to me in words, she's not the one. <laughs> and I said, yes, sir. But, but I said more than that, but we won't go there at the moment. But, but the point is, is that scratchy, every woman I ever met, scratchy, scratchy, no good, no, not her, she's not the one. I had two women maybe more, tell me that God had told them they were supposed to marry me. <laughs> Didn't have to be a genius to figure that one out. Like, oh no, that was not God. Let me help you. That was not God. I know you're trying to be led by God and something in, did you, something in your head went fuzzy, feel good, but no. So no. But, but when I met her, there was never scratchy anything. And, and honestly, I, I was older, and I kept waiting. I was like, yeah, the no's coming pretty soon. And, <laughs> and, and one day, I, I, it's a long story. We won't go into the whole story. But one day, all of a sudden, I was like, there is no no coming. Cool. <laughs> it was a good day. But, but see, we got to learn to pay attention Be, because, because I, I mean, I, I could, t you know, I mean, silly things almost, but, but things that, 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 that make a huge difference in our lives and we don't even know it. You know, I, when I went to Oklahoma, I, I, you guys know who Willie George is. He's a pastor down there. He's the biggest church in Tulsa, but he had been a children's pastor and He's really creative, really fun guy. I'd gone down to one of his conferences when I was a children's pastor in the 80s. And, uh, and, and Church on the Move, that's where Pastor Tony and Jeanette went to church when they were in Tulsa. And they named our church originally after that church, Church on the Move in Tulsa. So we were Church on the Move Omaha. And, um, and when I got down there, my best friend was there already. And he, he and his family went to Church on the Move. And I was like, I'm going to go to Church on the Move. I love Pastor George. I'm going to go there. And I went there. And it was like, I'm like, okay, God, no, no, I don't want to go to Rainbow Bible Church. That's not where I want to go to church. I want to go to Willie George's church. I've always wanted to go to Willie George's church ever since I first thought about going down here. And I want this, and I got this. Don't go there. Well, I, 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 I thought, well, you know, maybe that wasn't God, and maybe... I'll just go one more time and, and see how it is. And, and the second time, it was like, really? I'm like, I'm miserable here. I cannot go to church here. So, so I went to Raymond, and I was like, my head is going, oh, I don't like this. Other people I know have gone down there and didn't like it. But, but, but most people liked it. And, and, and I, thought, I thought, you know... I, I don't like this place. I don't want to be here. This isn't really the, my style. And, uh, but it was, oh, it felt right. 
Now, I didn't know God had things for me to do there. I didn't know all the supernatural ways he was going to deal with me, which we won't go into right now. We don't have time. I, I didn't know I was going to be on staff there someday, and I was going to be on the pastoral staff. I didn't know any of that. But, but what if I had just said, no, I'm going to Willie George. You know what? The scratchy feeling would have gone away. After a while, you just get numb to it. And I would have gone there, and I would have missed God's plan for me. When, when I, I, I did not like Tulsa when I moved down there at all. I couldn't wait to leave. And, um, and, and I was like thinking, okay, if I have my truck packed at graduation, I could even drive the truck to graduation, then I could get in the car or get in the truck and head north. That, I'm not making this up. I really felt this way. <clears throat> and, and every time I went down there, I was just thought, I hate this town. It's so miserable. It's so backwards. If you've ever been to Tulsa, it's just... It's, it's seriously about the same size as Omaha, and it feels like some podunk little town that doesn't have anything to offer. I, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I didn't like it, and I didn't want to be there. And, and my second year of, of Rama, so I'm a, I've been there. It was just a two-year program back then. So it's, it's, I'm halfway through the second year, and I came home for Christmas after the first semester, and, and I went back to, to uh, Tulsa, and as I'm driving into the city, I'm, I can't even, it, it was like, you know, when you've been away from home for a long time, and you come home, and you, it's just that wonderful sense of home. It was home. I was like, oh, no, God, you can't be serious. <laughs> but, but I grew to love that city. And, and, and it was home for me for 18 years. And, and, and I was right in the middle of God's will. Does that mean all my emotions were right all the time? No. I didn't have my head where it was supposed to be all the time. Neither do you. But my body, where my spirit is housed, was in the right place. I was right where I was supposed to be. I was in the church I was supposed to be at. You know, I, I laughed because... My friends would be like, oh, so-and-so's, you know, Jesse Duplan is speaking over at Victory Church tonight. You want to go? Be like, no, can't do that. Really do like Jesse Duplantis, but I got to be here. Man, I never, I never went anywhere except Rhema, and it was always this. I was right where I was supposed to be. I never went into another church, never went to guest speakers anywhere unless it was, unless there was, uh, if there was no service at Rhema, I would go to that other church. I'm not saying you have to do what I did, but I know what, see, I know what was not peace and what was peace for me. So, see, see, I wasn't one of, you know, well, there's people down there, bless their hearts, they're so flaky, they go to every, you know, wherever the latest and greatest speaker is, that's where they go. They don't, they don't have a home church. Well, I don't really have a home church. I just follow the Lord. Really? No, I don't believe that because God's going to plant you because you're not going to grow unless you're planted. Uh, we better not get off on that. But, you know, I, th I think the Lord's going to have me continue this next week, uh, next Sunday. But, but, but you know what? He wants to lead you. He's all excited about leading you. He's all excited about you being in his plan and learning to hear his voice and learning how to track him and how to, go, you know, what to do and where to go. He's all about it. He's excited. But, but we have to learn, and it takes some practice, guys. That's why Brother Hagin said, I didn't know it was the Lord, so I didn't do it. Well, okay. You know, but, but, but 
as we practice, as we walk with him, as we talk with him, as we build, it comes out of relationship, as we build our relationship with him, we're going to know and be confident. We're going to be more and more confident that we're following him and that we're doing the right thing and that he's leading us. All right.